Cancer for Breakfast wants to give a quick shout out to Claws Out Nail Polish. This woman-owned business from Portland, Oregon makes wonderful, cruelty-free, vegan-friendly, non-toxic nail polish um, and donates 20% of their profits to different causes. They truly believe in making the world a better place. They support intersectional feminism, racial justice, immigration rights, the LGBTQ plus community, and animal compassion. They donate 20% of profits from every bottle sold to these different causes. And they come with this really great little donation card explaining um, info about the cause that they're donating to. These are really perfect for gift giving. With bundles and sets and individual nail polishes, there's something for everybody. And we get a portion of the proceeds from the beautiful color F Cancer. It's a really beautiful berry color. I've got it on right now. Um, You can find it at clawsout.co. We will link it in the show notes. Thanks, Claws Out. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. Though we try to make Cancer for Breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. (laughs) Stephanie Lejeunesse. Amy Giles. Welcome to Camp and Surf. Sorry. I'm just going to go with it. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast. Hello, listeners. (laughs) Hi, listeners. Um, Steph, you need to tell us what happened yesterday. Okay. So, yeah, this is life with cancer. You know, it's not always just hilarious stories about dog tumors. Um, I almost had to go to the ER because my abdomen swelled up like Mm. a freaking water balloon. Um, It was immensely painful. And... You know, like the most bloated you've ever been in your life. It was like that times 10. Oh, my gosh. Um, And I was so scared because I thought, oh, shit, it's ascites, um, which is just a collection of fluid in your abdomen. Yeah. Because metastatic breast cancer often goes to your liver, um, which is a common you know, cause of ascites. And then also lobular breast cancer goes to all kinds of crazy places in your body, like your peritoneum, which is your abdominal lining. So I was really worried that that's what it was. It was, it was very painful. I was just like in the fetal position for the entire evening. Um, after I took my kids roller skating, because I'm just that good of a mom. (laughs) Wait, like you had that going on at roller skating? I did. I did. But luckily I didn't roller skate. I could just sit on the bench. But yeah, it sucked. It was scary. I'm not 100%, but I am significantly better. Did you go to the doctor? I didn't. I I will contact somebody if it's not better by tonight. Um, but you know, the thing about cancer is that you still have to be a regular person and it could have just been something I ate. You know, it's not yeah. always cancer. So who knows? Um, well, will you please just write your doctor? 
after we record uh, as a gift to your listeners. I will as a personal favor, <laughs> because I know they're all going to listen and be like, why didn't, what do you mean contact tonight? You know? <laughs> all right. Um, I don't want to get bad reviews because That's you didn't right. call your doctor. <laughs> um, well, it could very well be something you ate. I really highly doubt in the months since your last scan with wonderful results that your cancer has gone to your organs where they have never, they, your cancer is a they have never been. <laughs> we don't know it's gender, Amy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's oh. true. Yeah. Fingers crossed. It's probably fine. Well, now that I'm sick with worry, um, I'm, <laughs> what do you want to talk about now? What's going on with you? Oh, I really am. Now I'm, I am, I am worried. Not that it's cancer, but like, what is this? Is your gallbladder leaking things? Are you going to have to have a emergency surgery? Oh, that would be exciting. But no, I, I hope not. It was probably, you know, it's probably gas. Do you want to talk about non-emergency surgery? I do want to talk about non-emergency surgery. You had one of those recently. <laughs> I did. Um, we're going to actually do a whole episode on surgery. I don't know if we've already mentioned that, but we've never really like honed in on these like massive areas of treatment that cancer patients go through. And yeah, so if you have letters about your surgical experience, tips, products that helped you through your surgery are, um, you know, Whatever. Send it on in, cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. But yeah, I had my reconstruction, I guess, is what you could call this type of surgery for yeah. my crooked ass lumpectomy. I had fat grafting from my stomach to my bib, which is basically like a liposuction of your stomach, but they don't really take out enough to make you as beautiful as you should be for the pain you go through. <laughs> um, I did ask. Anyway, I'm fine. It's cool. It's really weird though. Like, I don't want to talk about it too much because I am just one week post-op. So like, I don't really know what my full results are. And, you know, my stomach is definitely still in some pain. It just feels pretty bruised, although you don't really see the, the bruise. It's all whatever. Who cares? This is boring. Internal, but yeah. <laughs> there's internal bleeding. Um, <laughs> no, you know, it's just the tissue. It's not, it's no big, big D, but, um, the boob part, it seemed a lot better right after the surgery. But now I look in the mirror and I'm like, does this look exactly the same? I can't tell. I think I might have like facial blindness to my own boobs. Is that a thing? <laughs> like seriously, or like legit, maybe I have some body dysmorphia. Is that? I think that's a distinct possibility. Because I've noticed, you know, my boobs are extremely crooked and one is a lot smaller than the other and, and higher and my nipple is crooked. And I think my brain, when I look in the mirror, fixes them a little bit. Yeah. So it's not as drastic. And then when I see a photograph of my boobs, which find me on OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> like, you know, like if I take a picture and look at it, you know how it flips to the reality? Yeah. Like uh -huh. the mirror, blah, blah, blah. It shocks me every time. I'm like, oh, like a gas, like how is this so crooked? Or like I'll even sometimes look in the mirror in a shirt and think that doesn't actually look very crooked at all. And I'll take a picture to check. And then when it flips, it's so distinctly, noticeably off center, off center. Huh. 
just like, yeah, my brain will be like, this is way more crooked than I thought it looked. It's really weird. I will tell you as somebody who who has experienced your boobs in person, they don't look that crooked pre-surgery. I mean, they're definitely crooked. I know that they are. You don't see me naked. You don't subscribe to my OnlyFans. Okay. It's true. I don't. I know you've, <laughs> I I'm have been meaning to do it, but. <laughs> I'll show you. I, I'll show you my before and after photos. I'll show you my current boobs the next time I see you. Yeah. I want to see because I think I have a better perspective on whether or not they've changed. But yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. And we do hear this, that people are more hopeful for a bigger difference. And then the reality is that there's still some lopsidedness and everything. It's just, you know, one more of the shitty things about cancer is that you can't get back the parts of your body that have been scarred by this. Yeah. So I think your rack is majestic in any case. Well, I do too. And I, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's yeah. beautiful. Um, no, but, uh, I will say the goal was never symmetry with the surgery. Like my skin is so tight from radiation. And, um, this was kind of like to see how much we can loosen it up and to break up the scar tissue. But I will tell you one thing. Hmm. My breast hurts less. Even one week post surgery, like, I can already tell it's revamping some of my tissue, like where it felt harder and stuff like that. So anyway, that's great. I'll give a better update on how it went, you know, like a month down the road when we actually can see what I, what I look like when it's not swollen. I can't wait. Yeah. Anyway. So there's that. Um, Anyway, what is going on? In the cancer world? What's going on in the cancer world? Well, this is actually not something that's currently going on. This was, um, an article that I read back in July, I think it was like the middle of the summer and Mm -hmm. we were so busy, but it really, I think is important to talk about. It's an NPR series on medical debt. Um, it was, it's actually like an NPR series on, on debt period, Mm -hmm. but then they kind of have narrowed it down to medical debt and then they narrowed it down even further to do this piece on debt from cancer. and. It's so well done. I was really impressed when I saw all of the charts and everything. We're going to link to these in the show notes so you can see. But um, there's so much info packed into this piece mm-hmm. that I really want everybody to go look at it themselves. Um, but, you know, obviously cancer people know the high price of cancer treatment, survivorship, all of it. Um I don't think I know any cancer patients who are not in medical debt of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is even in the survivorship period when you're done with treatment and you still have these bills coming in. Um, And that's not to mention the ongoing care that you need, for example, reconstruction, acupuncture, medication, all of that stuff. But this goes even further into foreclosures on your home, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. So this article from NPR says that about two thirds of adults with cancer related healthcare debt have had to cut spending on food, clothing, or other household basics. One in four have declared bankruptcy or lost their home to eviction or foreclosure, which is just a bonkers number to me. One in four people. Wow. Obviously, that means that 
people of color, people in marginalized communities are way more likely to be negatively affected by this. People who don't have a huge social network that is paying their GoFundMe to keep them in their homes. Exactly, exactly. And what they call this is financial toxicity. And they say that it actually mirrors the effects of chemotherapy because what you get depression, anxiety, you pass on treatments and medications because you can't afford the copays or you can't go to the trouble of seeking out the reimbursement programs and things like that. Yeah. Cancer patients are two and a half times more likely to declare bankruptcy and cancer patients who do go bankrupt are more likely to die of cancer. Wow. Which is just heartbreaking to me. You know, it's it's criminal. It really is. It's just a sad state of affairs here in the United States. It doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just I really encourage everybody to go read this article. We're going to link it. And if you have a spare few minutes, write to your members of Congress, write to your senators, see what they can do mm-hmm. to get moving on things like expanding Medicaid and universal health care and paid time off. Pay time off. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many little moving parts for this that would ease the burdens. We know that cancer charities accept so much money. And maybe instead of having that gala, you can put some of those millions of dollars into medical debt forgiveness and things like that. So I don't know. We'll link it. Like I said, um, take a look. Um, I want to add I believe that people don't stick with treatments as long when they can't afford um, stuff to combat side effects. Absolutely. Um, that makes it easier to keep on your treatments. Or sometimes people decline treatments because they don't have a babysitter or a partner that could help with the kid or the ability to take time off of work. So they might decline adjuvant chemo or decline um radiation Radiation? or anything that takes time out of their day. No. If you can't take off work to go to chemo, then you're not going to do it. Yeah. Or if you can't afford to be sick, you think you're going to be sick for like a whole week straight post chemo. Yeah. Then you just don't do it sometimes. That's fucked up. And I think people have a misconception about copays and cancer treatment because healthy people think of copays as like, you know, $10 for your regular visit or for, you know, physical therapy or something, maybe you're paying 20 or $30 mm-hmm. copay. But for example, I have pretty decent insurance and I pay $2,000 every three months for a copay for my scans, <gasps> which cost I think $19,000. $2,000. That is yeah. crazy. Right. And you know, I don't think I've ever even paid a copay for my scans. Which is great. Which is great. Yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe it would be in a different category if I had them every three months, but that's so fucked up. But I do pay $20 for every single thing I go to. Yeah. Other than that, you know. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we get to the end of the year and money is tight. And maybe I'm more inclined to go four months between scans, five months between scans to try Mm. to make my money stretch a little bit farther. And that leads to poorer outcomes for people. So, you know, it's, it's it's a really hard thing to talk about. It's embarrassing. Obviously, we don't want to 
necessarily let people know that we're struggling financially because there's a lot of shame involved mm-hmm. in that. But um, it's a thing that almost every cancer patient faces um, is medical debt. And like I said, it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. It's hard. Even like the side effects, um, long lasting, like chemo related side effects that can put you out of work. Like you might work in a field where you no longer feel comfortable working in the ER because yeah, you like have neuropathy chemo and brain and neuropathy and like whatever, you know, like you might, I don't know. I feel it, man. Yeah. It's not fair. And you know, I know that you and I both have only fans relief. accounts. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, you and I both have gotten relief from side effects from acupuncture, yeah. which we're really lucky to have covered. But again, that's another non-medical intervention that is really accessible if you have coverage and if you can afford it. Right. But if you think about it, like I try to go to acupuncture once every two weeks. Yeah. That's 40 bucks a month that just for acupuncture. Right. You know, and when you think about how normal people like, I mean, normal, like not rich people consider their monthly, you know, like, okay, well, we're paying for Netflix and Hulu. Like, or should we do, you know, like you pick right. your little 10 bucks a month here, 10 bucks a month there. But like, that's just one $40 charge. That's not even my prescription pills that right. every month, like all these things, there's 20 bucks here. There's 40 bucks here. There's 32 bucks there. Cancer is expensive. It really is. Yeah. Do you want to talk about acupuncture a little yeah, bit more? I would love to. Like now get into that it. I'm a believer. Yeah. So this is where we're segueing here, folks. Out of the money into the needles. <laughs> I've been going to acupuncture for a while. I love it. It has helped me so much with my side effects because I can afford it. Um, And Steph recently got in and she loves it now. Tell us. It's so true. I was on a waiting list to get into the integrative medicine department at Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. For how long? For a year. A year. And a half. And a half. Can we have just a moment of silence for that year and a half? Like <laughs> Seriously? Okay, we did. There you I, go. <laughs> it was so long that I had like many more side effects that I needed <laughs> addressed. <sighs> but yeah, I I waited so long and I had pretty honestly low expectations yeah. for it because even though Amy, like you love it, I feel like I have some other symptoms that I was really hoping it could help with, but I didn't think it probably would like mm-hmm. all of my GI stuff, diarrhea, um, some pretty bad fatigue and obviously hot flashes and the joint pain and the bone mm-hmm. pain. And I was completely floored at how drastically my side effects were reduced. That is so good. I know. All of those that you just listed? All of them. It was wild. Wow. And then I was I was such a dick to my acupuncturist. I was like, I don't know if it's psychosomatic or like if it's really working. And he was like, <laughs> I would like to believe it's not psychosomatic. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this is your job. Um, but yeah, like I could not believe I, I was using a cane for a while. 
I couldn't go up and down stairs normally. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I can like go up and down stairs again, like I used to. And wow. all of this stuff, it seems really small, but to me, it made a really big difference in my day and in my state of mind. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel disabled physically yet. Yeah. Um, could we talk about the GI stuff? Because I thought this was really interesting. You told me it had helped you so much. I didn't even know acupuncture could help with that. And you said that's one of the main things or the original things that. Yeah. So my acupuncturist recommended a book called The Web That Has No Weaver um, by Ted Kapchuk. And the subtitle is Understanding Chinese Medicine. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of like thumbed through it, but I am so interested to do a deep dive into it because. I really now want to know what the principles behind it are. He said that basically the idea is that, um, you know, Western medicine deals with the causative agents of disease and specific treatments. But Chinese medicine is kind of about restoring balance of bodily functions. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about like yin and yang and all of this. And he said something to me that really has kind of changed my whole perspective on myself and my disease. He said that my body just needed to be reminded that it can do these processes correctly. Mm. Hmm. And that really strangely meant a lot to me because I had kind of written my body off as irreparably damaged. Mm. And that did a lot to help me reframe my body as something that can still function in some ways the way it's supposed to and I really like that aspect and that mindset and I am eager to learn more about it through this book and I don't know it's just it's really cool I know that some people don't necessarily believe in it but I was very excited to learn that the University of Washington and SCCA Integrative Medicine was part of a study on um, the use of acupuncture for aromatase inhibitor induced joint pain mm-hmm. and found that it is effective. And they did it over, it was over a large area. It was 11 different cancer centers. So obviously like in the Pacific Northwest, you know, like we're pretty into weirdo, woo-woo alternative medicine stuff, mm-hmm. but they did it all over the country. And so I was really happy to see that study reported. I will link that in the show notes too. Because as we know, like a lot of people just quit taking AIs. Yeah. Um, We've talked so much about like the pain and how you just feel like a fucking old lady. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you were just telling me about your foot pain. Yeah. I guess it's just been in like the last year maybe i think it might even be like plantar's fasciitis which i always thought was like something the old ladies got or something and maybe it 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 is but when i read about it it seems like it it can be hormone related and it's just like this pain in my heel and then down through the bottom of my foot especially in the morning like i get up and i hobble yep to go pee (laughs) like and then you know a little bit later it's better and not as sensitive and I go about my life, you know, somewhat. But sometimes I have these ailments that I don't even mention to my acupuncturist because I just kind of compartmentalize them in my mind as like 
stuff that will go away on its own, stuff that I'm just stuck with, stuff that yeah. acupuncture can help. And like, it occurred to me recently to tell him about the, the foot thing. And yeah, at first I just told him it was my heels because I, I don't know, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't trying to lie, but I, I just didn't explain it very well. And so he just put it into kind of like my heels and my Achilles area and it helped so much. Like it was crazy. And so the next time I went back and I said, I don't know why I didn't tell you this, but my feet, my feet. And yeah, they are like 60% better. I'm not kidding you, which means the world, like 60% less pain in a part of your body that is like causing you so much. It's amazing. Um, yeah, and my you, rib you pain. You use your feet a lot. I use them every, <laughs> literally every day. Um, my rib pain. I have all this rib pain from surgery and radiation. It helps it so much. It helped my reach after surgery. I always had this pain when I'd lift my hand up and it just like disappeared. And hot flashes always helps me. My hot flashes, I think in general, are a little bit more controlled now, probably because of acupuncture, but maybe also because of time. But when they were really bad, I would notice like I would get hot flushes every single night from a certain point on a certain amount of hot yeah. flushes pretty consistently. And then I would do the acupuncture and not even really think about it that night until I would notice oh, I'm not getting hot flushes. Like, and I would yeah. not get them that night. I would get them again, like the following days, but they'd be a little less, but it was right. always that night. None. Like, I don't care if it's psychosomatic. I didn't have hot flushes that night. Right. And I don't think yeah. it's like a but it's fucking crazy. Yeah. A lot of people use it for the nausea from chemo. Um, yeah. We heard from somebody when we put a call out on Instagram to tell us about their experiences with acupuncture. Somebody said that they used it for anxiety through treatment and it helped them. So it's, cool. It's really rad. And like, you know, if your insurance covers it and there's a, an oncology integrative center around you, I say go for it because it doesn't work for everybody, but it's obviously worked really well for us. Mm -hmm. It can help you for other things just in general that aren't necessarily cancer specific, but can be like fertility. I know that people do that and, um, but apparently it can help anyway. That's all. Yeah. Cool. Acupuncture. The the web that has no weaver. (laughs) You're (laughs) the only weaver I need, Steph. Um, Never mind. I was going to just say to ask your freaking cancer center. Freaking ask them. If they offer whatever. Um, my cancer center offers acupuncture during chemo, which is psycho, but I never got it because it was never on the right days. But I think they have like free acupuncture from the acupuncture school on like Whoa. certain days and they can like come up to the chemo room. That's and rad. Do it, but they don't really advertise it. Why do cancer centers never advertise the cool shit they have for cancer patients? You like only find out like on accident half the time. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. When there's somebody like walking by you with a bunch of wigs on a trolley. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, exactly. How do I get in on that? <laughs> yeah. No, like the one time during chemo that they like came over with a menu and they're like, what bring you lunch? And I was like, what is this? And they're like, it's a thing we do every whatever day of the week at a certain time where you get these like lovely free lunches and i'm like why am i not always scheduling my chemo on these days no one <laughs> yeah. told me um so <laughs> moving right along i'm gonna have a little sip of my coffee i got real worked up on that last segment yeah 
I have a way we can bring the energy down. <laughs> oh, do you? Um, and I will preface this with a quick content note that I am going to talk about the passing of a few people. So just press the little fast forward 30 seconds thing. We're not going to talk long or dwell long on it. Um, but we really struggled with even knowing how to talk about it or if we wanted to bring it up. But we did lose a lot of people in our community over the summer and just wanted to acknowledge those people um, because we love them and not saying something also felt really weird. So... Yeah. So here is just a list. Obviously, it's not a complete list of all the people that we lost over the summer, but um, these are some big ones that were important to us or important to the podcast. Um, so we miss you, Dame Deborah James, who died of bowel cancer, Emily Marshall, who died of Ewing sarcoma, Jenny Baxla, who died of metastatic breast cancer, Darren Roberts, who died of bladder and kidney cancer. A. Kresik, who died of metastatic breast cancer, and Megan, also known as Coffee Drinking Mama, who died of metastatic breast cancer. Yeah, and um, sorry, that was a downer to bring in here. Um, but yeah. but hey, that's cancer. That's cancer. But now back to cancer for breakfast. Woo! Do we have any letters from the still living? Um. We do, but I'm too depressed to read them. Um, okay. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So one's an update, actually, from Liz, who wrote in a few episodes ago. We read her letter where she wanted to know um, if she should be mad or, or annoyed at her friend who just was vacationing and having the best life while she was, like, getting treatment and in the shit. And she was like... Am I supposed to like my friend or not? Um, but we got yeah. an update. And do you know how much I love an, a letter update? Oh, yeah. We love them. Get out of town. This is the best. Um, all right. So morning cancer for breakfast. I was just catching up on my podcast. And thank you for the shout out in the Tin Roof episode. I have to give you a little update. I got married two weeks ago. Congratulations. Mazel uh, and said friend was one of my bridesmaids. Um, we planned my bachelor and bachelorette party. A few days before our get together, somebody in her household got COVID and we had to cancel. Oh, I had booked a massage with her as she's a massage therapist for the week before the wedding. And she had also agreed to help me with my hair on my wedding day. However, the week before the wedding, she fell off her bike and cracked her shoulder. Canceling this sounds planned. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, canceling my massage appointment and not being able to help me get ready for the wedding. I couldn't have been more disappointed to have all of my quote unquote fun canceled by the same friend. I've spent half of my therapy time in the last month over this friend. That's my update. On a happy note, I got married and we are combining three weeks of radiation with our honeymoon. <gasps> That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Slash awful, but slash cool. We're staying at the radiation center in Cabo. I'm just kidding. That's not what she said. <laughs> We're staying at the exclusive Hope Lodge. She does some laughing emojis. Um, in Boston. So they're going to try to mix up radiation with the honeymoon and make the most romantic honeymoon out of three weeks of treatment. Aww. 
Um, Liz, since I seem to enjoy this oversharing with strangers thing, you've come to the right place, darling. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw out one more fun thing that I've done so far with my cancer that I think other people can really enjoy. When I got diagnosed and everybody was asking how they could help, I told people to send me fun socks. Hmm. That way, I have fun socks, fun socks to wear to all of my doctor's appointments, scans, and treatments. It gave people a simple thing they could do from home. Now, every appointment, I wear new socks and I post pictures of them online. Aww, that's really cute. That's super cute. I like that idea. Liz, I love. I know ya. people that like to like wear crazy earrings to chemo or like something just to kind of like make it fun and have something for like the nurses to chat about that's like light and topical you know that's yeah, cool totally I like that so I love Liz's idea of combining radiation with a honeymoon because like especially if they don't live near Boston yeah or they're like within driving distance or something, but they don't spend a lot of time in the city because radiation is typically like a small portion of your oh, day. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Then you've got like the rest of your day to do sightseeing or whatever, like go home, take a nap, go back out, have dinner, whatever. It's called the radiation vacation. That's right. We advocate for this. Take one, baby. Club Med. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a good one. Thanks, thanks. Um, okay, I have another letter if you would like to have it. Oh, actually, this is like a sample for we're asking for letters for our under the bus episode and also our cancer for a bitch fest episode, which are similar. They are similar. Um, and people get them mixed up. This person writes saying, Hey lady, here is my under the bus submission. But actually, upon reading her letter, I think it's more of a bitch fest. So this will help you differentiate under All the right. bus. What people that don't have cancer, aka muggles, should fucking know that is not helpful. And oh, actually, this is uh, I don't know. You tell me what this is after we read it. Now that I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Help somebody stop the podcast. <laughs> Throw me off the bridge. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Shortly after announcing on social media that I had been diagnosed with stage three triple negative inflammatory breast cancer, I received a message from a girl I grew up with, but haven't seen or talked to in over 15. I assume that means years and not months, but who am I to tell? <laughs> it started out nicely. My family is thinking and praying for you. Blah, blah, blah. All very normal. But then things took a very strange turn. She felt, in her words, compelled <laughs> uh -oh. to tell me all about her dog's thyroid cancer. <gasps> no. And how she was treating him with some supplement form. Well, some supplement from some random ass tree that grows in South America because the dog couldn't handle. Let me repeat that. The dog couldn't handle chemo radiation and surgery oh my god you've got to be freaking kidding me i looked up the supplement out of total horrified curiosity one of the major side effects that is one of the major side effects is that it causes parkinson's like shakes seriously girl i have enough problems without getting shaky too you cannot make this shit up. I love your podcast and I'm so, so, so thankful that I found it at the beginning of this adventure. I refuse to call it a journey. 
gag. <laughs> anyway, you continue to make me feel less crazy and alone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, I love dogs. I have three spoiled pups myself, but hearing about how this girl's dog couldn't handle chemo and radiation was not exactly the greatest thing to hear in the beginning of treatment. No. Um, hello. No. <sighs> People, man. Oh my God. So I am shocked that this lady was not selling the supplement. Right. Totally. I really thought that's where that, that letter was going to go, <laughs> that she was going to try to sell her some bullshit MLM yeah. supplement. Totally. Which is probably where this chick got the dog supplement from. It's from another oh, sure. well-meaning neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is heinous. We love dogs, must love dogs, but don't compare your dog's cancer to your human's cancer. Also. Don't tell a human you haven't talked to in 15 years any sort of medical advice, especially when it's regarding, no. uh, like, seriously. Would you call that a under the bus or a bitch fest? I would call that more of a bitch fest because it's like bitching about things, specific yeah. situations and things that... I feel like it it toes the line, really, because it's not out of the ordinary yeah. for cancer muggles to give unsolicited advice like this. That's argument for like, under the bus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So two under the bus items are don't compare your friends to pets and don't give unsolicited medical advice. Yeah. And then the rest of the bitching, I feel like, is definitely bitch fest appropriate. Yeah. Well, that's a good twofer. We'll call that. But yeah, send us any of your bitches, any of your announcements for the world to know that they need to fucking step it up. Right? Yeah. Like what helped you when you were going through cancer? What you hated that people did when you were going through cancer? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. We need to so start putting our letter uh, queries into our website so people can always just check and see what we're searching for because we also have yeah, surgery in there we're working on a an anonymous form system uh, yeah so people don't have to leave their names if they don't want to yeah another topic we're gathering for is another alcohol related one um and i feel like that would be a really good place to have an anonymous form where you could write stuff in because I for sure some i people mean don't want to like we don't judge you, obviously, no, and we're not going to share your name if you don't want us to. But still, some people like the anonymity. Yeah, for sure, baby. Um, Cool, cool. Well, thanks for those letters, you guys. Gosh, people, yeah, am I right? Am I right? <clears throat> you are right. Okay. So speaking of other disgusting, despicable things that... <laughs> I can't even believe. How are those dirty little rats doing? They're fired up. This week, I wanted to talk about glyphosate. What's that? It's Roundup. Ew. 
Um, so everybody knows Roundup, the weed killer. Mm-hmm. It is sold at every ding dang hardware store in these here United States. Um, and it has been declared by the Environmental Protection Agency as n- not likely carcinogenic. But do we believe the EPA about this, Amy? Not as far as I can throw them. (laughs) Yep. So it's true. There have been over 19 studies about the effects of glyphosate on human beings. Mm -hmm. There are traces of glyphosate in the urine samples of over two-thirds of people in these studies, and many of them are children between the ages of six and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know that glyphosate is sold for non-commercial use, but it's also used to the tune of over two hundred million pounds per year by farmers. Yep who spray their soy and corn crops with it um, to kill weeds. And then also farmers who spray it on their wheat crops and oat crops to dry them out before harvesting. Um, Amy, you were telling me something alarming about glyphosate use in your neighborhood. Is it that they use it in the parks? Yes. Yeah. I actually was walking by Providence after an appointment the other day and their groundskeeping was so nice that I was like, I'm going to write a letter and ask what they're using on this because it can't be natural. But seriously, the weirdest places you wouldn't believe they're using weed killer that is mostly and normally freaking Monsanto'd. Right. So what's the deal with glyphosate? We all kind of feel like, I, I think at least we've all seen class action lawsuit um calls for if have you gotten cancer have you been exposed mm-hmm. to roundup but what's the what's the deal really i feel like um um but one pretty famous class action lawsuit was with a former groundskeeper, Dwayne Johnson. Um, He was a school groundskeeper who was diagnosed with terminal non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2014. And in August of 2018, a judge ordered Monsanto, which owns Roundup, to pay Dwayne Johnson $289 million in damages. It was eventually reduced to $78 million after an appeal. But this was really groundbreaking because it paved the way for other roundup related lawsuits to go through because the fact of the matter is these 19 plus studies have found that roundup and the chemical found in roundup glyphosate um, increases the risk of non-hodgkin's lymphoma by 41 percent crazy and that's that's a huge number to me for something that is being used so much in the food that we eat and the parks that we utilize. I mean, these are high. How do I want to say it? High contact 
you yeah. know? But also if you're living near farmland or in some of these like. Right. It's in your water. It's in the it's air. blowing on over, baby. Right. And you can't keep it off of your own crops, your own yard. Um, the World Health Organization has ruled that glyphosate is probably carcinogenic to humans. So that's as opposed to the EPA's stance on it. And um, there was actually a court that asked the EPA to reconsider their stance on glyphosate as non-carcinogenic. So I think that there's definitely a case to be made that we should be avoiding glyphosate. Unfortunately, um, Bayer is the owner. I was just going to say that. Of Monsanto, which, is which produces so messed up. Bayer, who's making cancer pharmaceuticals, right? pharmaceuticals to fight cancer, is okay. Obviously, conspiracy it's a corner. Welcome. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even think it's a conspiracy. It seems to be pretty obvious, right? I mean, um, any organization or company or corporation operating in good faith would take uh, <laughs> a huge number of studies to heart and mm -hmm. discontinue sale of something that's a known carcinogen. But unfortunately, the appointees to the Environmental Protection Agency are often unqualified and political. And so despite that fact, that's what a lot of people in the United States go to for their information rather than the World Health Organization, which is non-political. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I'm obviously going to be linking all of these studies. The senior author on the study was Leanne Shepard. She's a professor in biostatistics and environmental and occupational health sciences at the University of Washington. And, um, you know, I, I believe in the integrity of the studies. Mm -hmm. Bayer has called it a statistical manipulation. Um, so those are the two sides. Obviously, mm -hmm. we know which side I'm on. Um, <sighs> um but oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you can, and you know that your kids' school or your local parks use Roundup, um, maybe give a call to the city, give a call to the school district. It's not only for your kids; it's also for people like Dwayne Johnson who you know, devoted his career to mm -hmm. keeping up school grounds and I other thing for with his life. To being the rock, but it's a different thing. <laughs> He's devoted his life to cinema. <laughs> um two things. First one, New York magazine just published something. We posted it in our Instagram feed or maybe just stories. But all about, you know, the Johnson and Johnson baby powder talc. Yeah. Giving everyone cancer. Big old yeah. thing. Look it up. It's been kind of known that they use talc, which is basically like asbestos from the earth in their powder. And then it's like um, causing cancer. Yeah, it's giving people ovarian cancer. Yeah. And people are like using it in as a deodorizer for like feminine hygiene deodorizer, which you don't need, by the way, ladies. Um, yeah. And for babies. And for babies. Too, yeah. It's fucked up. It is fucked up, but it really got me where it said that they actually like found some talc powder in one of the women's like 
ovaries during a surgery. Like it was like, oh, in there. I think it's something like that. But anyway, um, check that out. Fucked up shit all around us, everywhere we step. And then the other thing, as Steph was just poo-pooing class action lawsuits, her family is responsible <laughs> for one that we're seeing ads for all the time, right? Have you, I have no association with Camp Lejeune. Camp Lejeune, <laughs> you know, Steph Lejeunesse. Um, the first half of her last name, there's, it's all over our, Instagram and social media with these ads being like, did you attend Camp Lejeune? How's it making you feel to see that? It makes me feel horribly guilty, even though clearly I have nothing to do with either the military <laughs> at large or Camp Lejeune In what state is that? It's like in... I don't even know. It's somewhere. It's like, yeah. Med- I don't Midwest know. Or anyway, I feel bad about it. I have... Believe me, if I had been in charge at Camp Lejeune, it would have been vinegar... <laughs> on the weeds <laughs> yeah and no talcum powder and when i only f- <laughs> tea tree oil for mosquito spray, spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um i guess that's an episode sorry for everything we said wrong bye everyone oh, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. i'm feeling a little spacey today Our apologies, condolences, and best wishes. See you later. Bye. Don't forget to like and subscribe. No, don't forget to rate and review. Is that what we say? I think that's the one. Rate and review. Bye. Goodbye. Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.